Um, we're going to have everybody come up here in just a minute and receive the elements. This is a great table. This table and this little chalice does, it, does not do it justice. But this meal that we get to partake of, it declares the Lord's death until he comes again. It declares his life and resurrection. It declares our place in Jesus Christ. It declares his righteousness, his peace, his joy. This meal declares that the Lord is communing with us and we are communing with him. How cool is that? That's great. The God of the heavens has not kept his presence from us, but dines with us and we with him. How great is that? This morning as we're coming to this table, uh, we are coming remembering Jesus. If you can't tell, our whole meeting's about Jesus. We're pretty much about Jesus. That's what we talk about. That's what we're into. Praise the Lord. And he's worthy. And so this morning, though, we realize also as we come to the table, sometimes we come with all the stuff of life. And life is not perfect, and it's big, and there's a lot of things that happen. And as we come to the table, we're going to remember Jesus. And I want to tell you this. The Lord is with us, even in suffering, even in afflictions, even in difficulty, even in rejoicing, even in great things. He's with us. And we have a king who knows in every way because he became a man for us. He knows what it's like to be human. And he cares for us. He intercedes for us. We have a great king. A great king. This morning as we come to the table, I'm going to invite Chrysanthi to come up. And she's going to give us a testimony about what God's been doing in her life. And so we're going to listen to it. It's going to be a couple minutes. I'm saying that for the kids. Kids, you can do it. And then we're going to come to the table together to be refreshed in the Lord. But it's a, it's a good testimony. And we're excited to see what God is doing. Come on, let's give her a round of applause as she comes. Do you want to use this thing? Come on up. Okay, so I have notes that tells you to settle in. <laughs> um, I, huh, I really envisioned the next time I got up here to give testimony that it would be of God's miraculous healing of my body. Um, this is not that, unfortunately. But it is a testimony of the journey. And... I yeah. said, I would love a stool. I just want to relax into what God is doing. That's so great. Go for it. You know what? This might be a little too high. That's fine. Yeah. Here, I'll move this this way. You stay in the middle. Okay. Sorry, guys. Now I can see. It's Look, we I'm all benefit. Look, Everyone benefit. <laughs> stool. This is great. Man. Uh -huh. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to steal this instead. Here we go. Okay. Rearrange. Okay. Um, there are like five people right now asking, is this allowed? It's, it's okay. Not. It's going to be okay. It's all right. I can steal Misha's and Steve, I promise. It's okay. Um, so this is the testimony of the faithfulness of God Amen. to do a mighty work that I'm very, very, very still much in the midst of. Um, two questions that God has been asking of me for a very long time has been this. He's been saying, do you believe that I love you? And do you trust me? Um, Without giving it a second thought, of course, your answer is always, yes, of course God loves me. Of course I believe he trusts me, or of course I trust him. Um, you know, I think about it. It's like I've been serving God just about my whole life long. I would consider myself a relatively mature Christian. Um, I've told him I love you. I will do whatever you called me to do. Whatever you say, I'm there. I will go. I will do it. Um, but when life really seemed to turn from hard to harder to the hardest it's ever been in the last year, 
I couldn't answer yes to these questions anymore. I'm just being honest, I'm being real. Um, and I apologize if I find myself reading what I've, I've written this out because I don't want to skip something important. So forgive me if I end up reading part of my testimony right. here. Um, in November, Malachi began having daily episodes of hives and we didn't know why. Um, sometimes it, facial swelling accompanied it and they weren't going away. The hives were a nuisance, but we knew there's something deeper going on. There's a reason he's having these. And one night he began to react pretty badly. We had to take him to the emergency room. Um, everything turned out fine, but that experience to see my child going through something like that was terrifying because I have experienced many of the same symptoms myself. And um, it kind of triggered something in me. It was like the straw that broke the camel's back that it was just, um, my health suddenly shifted into a new season. Um, fast forward, we have since found out Malachi's issue is an issue to mammal meat, bread, red meat. Um, and it is treatable. The doctors think he may outgrow it. Is it a pain? Yes. Does it mean, poor guy, he can't eat at a lot of restaurants? Yes. Is it inconvenient? Yes. But it is completely manageable. Mm, so absolutely. we give God glory for that. Amen. Um, it's not something you would want, but it's, it's, it's okay. It's okay. And he's handled it like a champ. So he's yeah, done really well. Absolutely. Um, my story, unfortunately, was just getting started. <laughs> I have battled bizarre and hard to health, hard to diagnose health issues for going on 21, 22 years. And all along God has said, I'm taking you through the process. A miracle of healing is not what he has had for me. Um, like that instant momentary miracle of healing. Um, the last eight to 10 months have really been the most challenging of my life. I um, began to have throat swelling that also grew into tongue swelling after eating just about anything. And I began to have anxiety attacks, a whole host of other symptoms that just, they're scary. Um, my, my doctor finally diagnosed me with a condition where my body has incredibly strong histamine reactions. Um, it creates histamines, your body naturally, everybody creates histamines when you're stressed, when you're anxious, hormones, um, when you digest food, when you exercise, all kinds of stuff will create histamines in your body. Um, and my day-to-day -day life has become this game of managing histamines. That's just what my world has become. Mm. Um, on a daily basis, I have to be sure not to engage in activities that will raise my histamine levels. I can only eat low histamine foods that I am also not allergic to, that I have personally purchased in such a way and prepared in such a way as to not create more histamines. Um, I can't eat out. Unfortunately, I can't eat food that other people have prepared because I need to have that much control over what I put in my body. Um, I can't eat leftovers older than 18 hours because this food ages, it grows histamines. Um, I have to keep my food very cold or frozen until I cook it, and then I have to eat it immediately. Um, it's, it's tough. Every day is different. Every day is a challenge. I never know when I put something in my mouth how my body's gonna respond. It could be a food that I was fine with that morning. I eat it again at lunch, and I'm not fine. Um, it's just, there's no easy button for me right now. That's just where I'm at. And in the middle of all that, um, you know, managing Malachi's diet, managing my diet, which oftentimes don't line up, 
Um, we've been in the throes of a pandemic, right? <laughs> so I'm a school teacher. The risk of exposure is high. Um, the life in the school setting has taken on things that we never dreamed we would have to take on before. Um, everyone here knows how the pandemic has worn on us and the stress, guys, it's real. We all know that. No matter what you are in your profession or if you're retired or if you're a kid, it's, it's taken a toll. Um, we've also, this past summer, we were faced with moving one of our parents into a retirement community um, after getting a diagnosis of very early stages of dementia. We've been um, taking Michaela on college trips, which has been super exciting, but has fallen totally on Jeff because I can't travel, um, not with the stuff I deal with. So um, that's been challenging. Jeff has been in an interview process since the beginning of June for a new job, which has a testimony all of its own that he will get to share at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but that was additional on the plate. We like big things, big things in our world this summer. In addition to all this stuff, in addition, um, you know, teachers always have a certain amount of work that they do over the summer. It's not just a free time summer off. We have things that we're doing. Um, I had extra work this summer that needed tending to extracurriculum trade and different things that that I needed to do. Um, my parents were out of the country, so we were caring for their pool, their house. There was just a lot on the plate. It was not a restful summer. Um, and I say all this just to paint a picture of this is where I've been at, this is where our family has been at. We feel like God put us in a pressure cooker, put it on high, shut the lid, and we're still there. And he is not letting up until he accomplishes what he set out to do. He's, he's not. Um, and in the middle, this is where God has asked me, do you believe that I love you? Do you trust me? Um, or, and then this one came a while back, or, Chrysanthi, do you feel like you have to have healing, for example, to believe that I love you? Hmm. That was hard. Um, when I have answered, yes, I believe that you love me and that I trust you, he's allowed more hard to come my way and then he's asked again. Um, each time I've been faced with searching deeper inside myself and really evaluating if what I say is what I really believe. And I can't say that I've been in a place to answer yes consistently. I really can't. Um, God has been very faithful, though, to help me every step of the way. Hebrews 12.2 says this. Jesus is the author. Focus on that word, author, and finisher of our faith. Um, Ephesians 2.10 also says that we are God's masterpiece. I've got this little devotional book that a colleague gave me by Holly Girth, and she was drawing out some points with this Hebrews verse that have ministered and been the word of the Lord to me through this season. Um, and I'm going to read you what she wrote. She said, he is not a careless creator. He will take care of every syllable, every sentence, every dash, and every comma. There is a fierceness in which an author loves their work. Hmm. He is not finished with history yet, and he is not finished with our stories either. Um, so this is my story. I'm in the middle of it. I'm not done yet. This is not the end right here. But, um, you know, the fierceness of his love for me has come through in showing me the layers of my heart. Um, that's what's been really significant through all this. He showed me late this summer that I've really been fearing death, which is hard to say as a Christian, we shouldn't fear death. Um, 
but I have. And I really didn't know what to do about it when he showed me that. But then all of a sudden, from every, everywhere I went, everything I heard, whether it was here, whether it was school, whether it was friends, whether it was whatever, um, words and exhortations from all sides started coming at me about trusting God. Trusting God. Mm -hmm. And I remember one Sunday, Stephen, you had the young adults come up here. Mm -hmm. And they were standing up here. And he was giving um, an illustration of the interactions of the Godhead regarding sin in the world. And Stephen was pointing out that how Jesus trusted the Father. Um, and Jesus never questioned the Father's motives. And never questioned his plans as to why sin came in the world and why he, Jesus, was gonna have to be completely separated from the Father when he died on the cross. Um, mm. And this hit me hard. Like, that probably wasn't your main point. That's what hit me hard, though. And, um, you know, if Jesus can trust the Father to that degree, how can I not trust him? Um, and, you know, so that was right before school started. I had had a rough summer. It was busy. It was not restful. I did not get the healing I wanted in my body. We were headed back to school. I didn't know if I was ready. But when it finally came down to it, it was like, I'm there. I'm ready. Let's go. So I started back to work. Um, we had a full week of teacher work days, and it turned out that that week was super hard. It was very hard for me. Um, Everything hit me wrong. I was, it was not, oh, did I cry today? It was how many times did I cry today? It was hard. Um, so much so I was seriously considering how can I step away from working this year? And I didn't realize at the time that the Lord was pressing in harder. He was driving me to a place of breaking in an effort to help me with my fear of death. Um, and after some serious soul searching, lots of tears, prayers, good counsel, um, I returned to school the following Monday knowing that this was God's plan for me and for the school year that I was supposed to be working. Um, I woke up that morning totally exhausted and spent on that Monday morning, that following Monday morning. And the, the Sunday before, the day before Stephen had provoked us in his sermon, um, to reach up and hold the hand of the one who leads us. And I cried out to the mo that morning on my drive-in and I just said, God, it's too much. This is too much. Mm. I can't do this level of heart any longer. Um, I was angry with him for allowing it. And I also told him I didn't even have the strength to reach up and grab his hand. But he was just going to have to pick me up and carry me. I was done. Like, completely done. And I don't know how he did it. And I can't explain how he did it. But he picked me up. And he carried me. And... I suddenly wasn't crying at the turn of a hat anymore. My soul felt calmer. I was at peace being at work. He gave me respite, and it, no joke, was probably the most beautiful answer to prayer I think I've ever gotten. Hmm. Um, Isaiah 58, 11 says, The Lord will guide you always, and yeah. he will satisfy your needs Amen. in a sun-scorched land. Um, I'm in a sun-scorched land right now. I'm still there. But he has been meeting me at every step of the way. Um, the Lord then led me to Revelation 22:16. Jesus says, I am the bright morning star. If you think about a time of day when you struggle most with fear, I think a lot of us would say it's in the middle of the night. When everyone's asleep, it's dark outside, you're alone, 
you're awake for some reason, that's when your fears can really take over. Um, and I find it no coincidence that at the very time, that it's at that very time that Jesus bursts onto the scene as a baby. He was born in the middle of the night. He is mm. our bright morning star. Mm. He was born in a stable. He declared his presence. He declared right. light to the darkness in that very moment. He sh just, like he's there, shattering our fears. Um, I don't know. I feel like here he is arriving at our weakest and hardest place. So I want to read to you from Psalm 23. Psalm 138 and Psalm 139, I'm not going to like give you specific verses. I can do that later if you're really interested. But I just want you to hear and soak in this. Um, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Guys, sheep don't lie down when they're scared. That's like, go talk to a real shepherd. They do not lie down if they're scared. Yet our shepherd makes us lie down in green pastures. Um, I will fear no evil, for your rod and your staff comfort me. Amen. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. Another translation says, the Lord will accomplish what concerns me. Your faithfulness, Lord, is everlasting. How precious are your thoughts for me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the sand. And when I awake, I am still with you. You know, God has been addressing my fear of death, not by increasing revelation of himself in me, but um, in seeing him bigger, fear is abolished. Um, I think this must be how he always deals with fear, is perfect love casts out fear, guys. You know, I, I'm learning. He's not just going to say, yes, I'm going to take that fear away, and it's going to be God. He is going to show us himself. That's what he's going to do every time. He's going to show us himself. Um, and again, God asks me, do you believe that I love you? Do you trust me? It's, I'm telling you, it's been a reoccurring thing. <laughs> um, my health has not improved, but my heart has. And I could timidly, at this point in my journey, I could answer yes. And then another layer of the onion gets peeled back. Um, I apologize for the length of this, but... Maybe. telling you guys, this is where I'm at. Um, then God began to speak to me about faith. This, this part is really exciting. Um, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. We know that scripture. If you've been around God for very long, you've heard that scripture a hundred times. I've read it many times. I've confessed it. I've tried to stand on it. But honestly, it's usually been to no avail. Um, I hoped for what I felt like his, was his desire for me to be healed, to be set free from fears, etc. Um, you know, to believe that despite what I felt, that he was still honoring my prayer, but this was all based on my performance. Am I believing the right thing, the mm -hmm. right way, mm -hmm. at the right time mm -hmm. to see something happen to me or to the person that I'm praying for? Um, then God showed me Psalm 71, five and it says, you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. Now, if you take the Hebrews 11 verse and you take this verse in Psalm and you put them together, 
It says, you have been my hope, sovereign Lord. Faith is the confidence in what we hope for. He has been our hope. So merging those two together, this is what you get. Faith is confidence in the sovereign Lord and assurance of your love for me. God began opening up to me that faith is not believing for something. I've always thought it was believing that for, for something, believing that he died on the cross for me, believe, you know, but it's believing in him. It's a living and active thing. It is believing in him, not for something, just right. him. That's right. Like, period. Um, believing that he loves me when everything screams otherwise. Um, or when my symptoms and my circumstances seem to indicate the opposite. When we can still say, I know God loves me in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death, I believe that's faith. That's what he wants us to be able to do. Um, in another book that Jeff and I are reading together, the author says this. It says, faith isn't measuring up to some impossible standard. It's the ability to hear the forever whisper in and over us. Mm. The forever whisper of his love for us. The author later stated, wholeness isn't about magically getting that thing we lack. It's about surrendering to the God who already accepts us and graciously absolves us from behind the curtain without fear and in peace. If we are in Christ, we never lack his love. We only lack resting in it. And I am testimony of that. There are days I am not resting in it. Um, but we never lack his love. We never do. I'm going to read a little bit more scripture. This is from 1 John and Hebrews 12. You guys will recognize these passages. Um, and everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Jesus is the perfecter of our faith, guys. Um, it's a promise he makes to us, and God never defaults on our promises. So he is perfecting my faith. He is bringing me revelation of what faith really is. And then this next one, but, to, but we, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, mm -hmm. and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Thank you. God will not give up on us. This is what this speaks to me. He is not giving up. He is about doing a good work in, it, in us and seeing it to completion. The spirits of the righteous made perfect. That is a process, and that is also something we can stand in today. It's the already and the not yet. Um, it's hard. It hurts. It's terrifying at times, and sometimes... For me, it's led to questioning things that I believe my whole life. Um, some God has strengthened, some he's corrected, as you can see by my testimony. Mm. And he's not done yet. I am still very, very much in the midst of this season. Our aging parent has moved. Um, the school year is off and running. Jeff is, if I can say this, proud to announce that he <laughs> um, not only got offered the job, he accepted and he started this past Monday. So he's a weekend. Yeah. Praise the Lord. So that's huge. Um, and um, college applications are in. Acceptance letters have come. 
and it's now the next journey of all the financial stuff, and I don't even know. So, craziness. And on top of that, we have finally been able to get our 1929 Packard automobile running for the first time in 58 years. It's awesome. So, awesome. there's a lot that God is, God is with us. He is breaking in. Um, he is setting things free. He is moving mightily. But guys, my health is not better. Um, in fact, it seems to be worse. I'll be honest with you. Um, the demands of my job can drain me physically. The pandemic is still very much alive. God is continuing to peel back my onion. Just recently, he's been showing me how much guilt I've been carrying for being sick for so long. That's a whole nother, we've got to work on that one. A whole nother layer that we're in the middle of. But you know what? He is doing the work. Mm -hmm. And his plan is perfect. His love is greater than any I will ever know. Amen. He is seen to every dot on every eye, and it's in him that I'm learning to rest and trust. So his questions, do you believe that I love you? Do you trust me? Um, yes, I can say yes, yes. More than I ever have or knew that I could. My ailments have been much deeper than my physical symptoms, but he's been healing me from the inside out. Amen. Um, I still fervently pray that one day I'm going to see release from these weird health issues. It's not fun. Um, but I'm learning to dig deep. And, you know, these last three weeks, I will say, have been incredibly challenging for me. I've seen a turn in the wrong direction in the way my histamines are going, and it's been a struggle to be in peace. Um, it's been a struggle to believe that what he's shown me is real. And I'm just being honest with you guys. You know, God has shown me all these amazing things and walked me through so much, but I'm not perfect. And I want my testimony to be one of God is with me, mm -hmm. even when I am not at my best, even when I can't be, say, perfect. I'm a perfectionism or a perfectionist. Um, I've not arrived. He's the only one that can heal me. He's the only one I can 100% totally trust in. Um, and it's in him I can rest assured. And I think he really wants to bring me to a place where I can be in peace and live out the life he's ordained, mm -hmm. whether he heals me or not. Mm -hmm. um, the last thing I want to share, I'm wrapping it up. Guys, I've not been going at this alone. If you are struggling, don't go at it alone. I've had a team of people supporting me. None. From Jeff to my family, people here at New Covenant, doctors of various kinds, authors who have walked really hard roads and shared their wisdom and revelation, um, friends, colleagues who've been faithful to pray. It, it takes a village. God puts us in the body for a reason. Amen. And I want to encourage you to lean, lean on the body. That's why we're here. That's why God calls us to do this life thing together. Amen. We're never called to do it alone. That's right. So um, that's it. Praise the Lord. This is where we're at. Praise the Lord. This is, this is my world. This is my life. Sorry to preach. Um, but I, could, I, I shrunk it down as much as I could. Amen. They're the last we eight months. We give God the glory. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let's give Santi a round of applause. <laughs> really good job. We're going to pray for her in a minute, but I know the kids are... Kids, you did a great job. Thank you, guys. Children, and I mean children, I mean all of us. <laughs> the children of God. We're little, you know, children of God. Life is not always easy. 
It doesn't always pan out the way we think it's going to. Sometimes we go through things that on the surface it looks like it's all great, and underneath it's not. But we have one who is in heaven for us, interceding. If you know Jesus, if you have submitted your life to him and said, Lord, I need you, Lord, carry me. If you can say along with Chrysanthi that, Lord, your love is better than my circumstances, and I trust you. Even if, and she said it, sometimes we struggle. But at the end of the day, we say, Lord, I trust you. If you can say that, you belong to him, and you have an advocate in heaven, Jesus the righteous, who has demonstrated God's love for us. So if you know him, please come up, and a representative from each family, let's receive the communion elements, then we're going to partake together. If you don't know him, let today be the day, without taking this meal now, Submit to Jesus. Ask him for life. Come on up. Let's receive the elements. And then we're going to partake of them together. Praise the Lord. Let's take just a moment and answer this question with the Lord. Do you believe that he loves you? Do you trust him? Let's take 30 seconds and just, if you know there's an area of your life that you need to say, Lord, I just, I give it over to you. Then let's do that now. Let's take just 30 seconds, examine your own heart, and we'll pray and we're going to take the communion together. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord, that you did not Withhold from us, but you gave us everything in your Son. Lord, he is our life. His death and his resurrection is our life. Lord, his rule now, his intercession for us, his being there, his being with us through the Spirit, Lord, you are our life. And so we thank you, and we thank you for this meal. In Jesus' name, amen. On the night that he was betrayed, the Lord took the bread and he broke it. He said that this was his body, which is broken for us, that we should do this in remembrance of him. Let's partake of the bread, remembering Jesus. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying that this was the cup of the new covenant in his blood, that we should do this in remembrance of him. 
Let's partake of the cup together. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we, la- we love you, and we praise you, and we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Children, will you stand for us, please? Yeah. Sure. Sorry, I don't mean to. For the, cause I'm trying to yeah. Do you have notes, or do you need a? I don't have notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I'm loud enough, but Roy wanted me on the mic. Okay. Right. So today is a special day. It's uh, the greatest holiday all year. Um, it's Clergy Appreciation Day. Oh. Yeah. So wow. on October 10th. Yes. Yeah, let's stand up. Give them a round of applause. So Suzanne. Um, David, Jerry, can you guys come up here? Let's all give them a round of applause. Thank you. Um, So everyone here signed some cards and put a little special gift for you all. Wow. Um, So our appreciation. Yeah, you guys can sit down. Um, It's nothing formal. We just wanted to show our gratitude. Thank you. Um, That's awesome. That's all. Wow. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. Wow. Thanks, guys. Man, thanks, dude. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody. Super kind. Wow, thank you. All right, now children, stand up. You got like 10 minutes, but it's going to be great. Suzanne, forgive me. Teachers, forgive me. I mean, I threw off the whole thing. It's a good thing that it's Appreciation Day, because Suzanne's upset with me right now for keeping it. <laughs> I'm just playing. Hey, kids, we love you the most. You're really, really, really important to us. Did you know that? We're so blessed to watch you grow. Um, one of the reasons I wanted you in here to see Ms. Krasanthi talk, she talked about real life things, right? We don't see her in the front in the church a lot talking, do we? But did you know that every day she's living out a testimony? That means she's declaring Christ's goodness every day to her friends, to her kids, to the kids she teaches, to the people around her. And then sometimes, too, she stands up and encourages all of us with that. And I wanted you to see it because I want you to know that God is going to use you to declare his excellencies every day to your friends, whether it's on the sports field or in school or at work or helping in the yard with mom and dad or whatever, maybe up here sometimes, but everywhere too, God's going to use you too. Amen? So Lord, thank you for our kids. We pray blessing on them in Jesus' name. All right, kids, have a great class. And middle schoolers are with uh, Dave. Yeah, I went through like six nicknames there. I couldn't get to it. Man, that's not good. My first luminous. I was like, oh, there's, you yeah. know. That was David's wrestling nickname when we were kids. I don't know. Anyway, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes. Will you open your Bible with me, please, to 1 John? If you go to Revelation and just come back a little bit, you're going to hit 1 John. <clears throat> couple pages. We're going to look at chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Where's Linda McClanahan? Linda, happy birthday. Let's all give her a round of applause. 
She gets a special cupcake birthday. We love you. Happy birthday, guys. Love you. Platt family, it's awesome to see you. Welcome. Remember Zach and Sarah, it's great to see you. Your beautiful kids. Visiting from Texas. Very proud grandparents. It's awesome. It's great to see you guys. Praise the Lord. Ron, great job spearheading all the equipment drive stuff. Do you want to say anything to everybody about the equipment drive? Amen. Praise the Lord. And we ended up having to get two extra trucks to take care of all the stuff we got. That's great. That's great. Praise the Lord. That's good. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. Thank you, Jesus. Man, that's awesome. Krasanthi, great job. Really great. Were you encouraged by all the things Krasanthi said? Great job. Praise the Lord. Let's, let's, would you guys stand? Michaela, you can stand too. And Jeff, let's pray for the Crooks family. If you're close to them, you can come around them. Otherwise, just extend your hand. We're going to pray for them. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're doing a good work. So, Lord, all the scriptures that Chrysanthi reminded us of today, Lord, we repeat them back to you. Your word never fails. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And so your unending word... Thank you that you are perfecting and doing a good work here. You are the author of this faith. You are the author of this family. Lord, we trust you. Lord, you are walking them through the valleys. You are walking them through the mountaintops. You are walking them through the mountaintops when inside it feels like a valley. And Father, we pray for healing. We pray for your grace. We pray for your testimony to abound. We pray that every family member would know your preservation and your your peace and your might upon them. Lord, for Michaela, as she goes to school locally close by next year, that it would be a blessing and that she would, but Lord, let her know, let her know your power, your call. Let her know that every step, wherever it takes her in the world is in you because you are ordering her steps in the same way. Lord, let her parents know that every step they take with her is Lord. It's in you. Lord, let every step be a step in faith for Chrysanthi, knowing that you are her peace and her life. Lord, let her know you. Lord, with power, meet her in all these things. Lord, with power, meet Jeff in this new job. Thank you, Lord, for that testimony. What a blessing. Father, thank you that you are doing great things. And so, Lord, we raise this family up. We stand with them and say, Lord, we give you glory. Just with Chrysanthi today and her declaring your glory, Lord, we give you glory. You are a great king. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's look at 1 John chapter 3 today. Uh, John likes to use this phrase, little children. He's writing to the church. He's probably writing from Ephesus, and he's writing to the church around. Everyone knows John. He's one of the older apostles, actually. He's the apostle who Jesus loved, who reclined on Jesus. By the time he's writing this, he's a pretty old guy, actually just in physical age, and so um, that's important because he is a father in the church. But he writes to the church calling them little children, not in a belittling way, but in a loving and endearing kind of way. But also it reminds us all, doesn't it, that we are God's children. And we come to him with that childlike faith. 
And that's very much John. John's not coming in pretense. He doesn't come with any kind of big bravado or theological things. His faith and his love for God is very clear and evident just in how he lives. And so he's encouraging the church, just live this way and stand in God's love. And in 1 John 3, he has just told the children, all the church, to abide in God. In chapter 2, verse 28, he says, so that when God appears... Christ appears, we may have confidence and not shrink back from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Born of God. Praise the Lord. Then in verse 3, he goes on and he says this. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Praise the Lord for his word. What he's saying here is that we are God's children. We're called to be his. We've been redeemed by him. We're not there yet. And he says, when... He appears, then we'll be like him. What's he talking about? He's talking about when Jesus comes again, he's already raised from the dead. He's coming in glory. And when he comes in glory, the Bible tells us that we will receive new bodies to be like him, bodies that will live forever as he lives forever. We'll be like him. Are you going to be God? No. Are you going to be a little God? No. You're still you, but with a body that's designed to live with him in eternal life. Now, this is important because we haven't seen him yet, have we? And there's a temptation sometimes that we live in the victory of God because we do. We are his children. And everything is victory, victory, victory. But then when you look around, sometimes it's still murky now. Sometimes your knees don't work right. Sometimes your prayers don't seem effective. Sometimes bad news comes. Sometimes tragedy strikes. And we can live like this. No, 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 it's fine. Or we can live clinging on to him because there will be a day as he is, we will be. And we trust him. This is important for the people of God. And then he says in verse 3 here that everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Because John has been telling us from the beginning of writing this book that we might not sin. He says, I'm writing to you that you might not sin, that you stay in the faith, that you follow him, that you stay with him. Last week we talked about how we are in the midst of a cultural war between righteousness and darkness. And the darkness wants to do whatever it wants. It wants to be God. You're your own God. You can do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. I'm not hurting anybody else. It's fine. Whatever. But God has a standard in our life. And so the world that gives itself and loves sin, gives itself to that sin, loves it, accepts it, follows it in everything, if you lie, lying is fine and acceptable as long as it benefits you and doesn't really hurt people. Those white lies, that's no big deal. Just say whatever you got to say. Get out of that ticket. Get out of that thing. Do what you got to do to get ahead. Maybe spread those things. They deserved it. Whatever. But lying becomes acceptable. It even becomes this thing. Let me ask you a question. You can think about politics. You can think about anything. How many times have you noticed a news story that you can reasonably say, yeah, that's true. That thing happened whatever it is. But then it gets so twisted around in words politically and things happening that it, even though it was true 
and somebody should be probably punished, uh, nothing happens and it just goes away. And I, there's myriads of examples. If you want some, I can tell you many. But just you see it all the time, don't you? Yeah. Of weird stuff that happens that people do. It's everywhere. There's a challenge here because sometimes we are at war within ourselves too. And what I mean that by that is this. If you're in Christ, you're redeemed, you're his. You belong to him. The Bible calls you a saint, a holy one in God. And yet we're holy ones who still sin sometimes. How does that happen? We're holy ones who know him and stand in the word of God and trust him in everything. And then there are moments of life sometimes that rock us and we start questioning things. Did you know that when the disciples saw Jesus ascend into heaven, they're standing before him and he says, go make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them everything that I have commanded you. And, I, and lo, behold, I will be with you until the very end of the age. And it says he ascended into heaven. As he, as he ascended, Matthew tells us that those who are standing there worshipped him and some doubted. Did you imagine seeing, you just saw Jesus declare his authority and then ascend into heaven. What, I don't know, I'm telling you right now, I don't know exactly what that looked like, but it must have been big. Like, whoa. And this is, I mean, something happened. And so much so that everybody just, what do you do? You look around and people just start worshiping God. And yet there are some standing there who are like, I'm worshiping. Now, these are those who've been with him. These are the apostles. This is not some guy who's like, hey, what's going on? I'm not sure what I think about that. It's, that's not it. This is the, the guys. And then, now they're standing in an upper room. They're praying. It's locked. They're afraid. And the Holy Spirit indwells them with power. And it doesn't mean that everything goes away in terms of sometimes we have struggles. But his presence with us, it changes everything. You are a Holy Spirit-filled person if you believe in Jesus. And having him in you, he's the one who answers our doubts. He's the one who helps us. He's the one who brings us forward. He's the one who brings us to himself. And we live in the state where you are a holy one who's redeemed and filled with him, and you still sin against him. I still sin against him. And John tells us if we pretend that we've already arrived, we're fooling ourselves. So we purify ourselves as he is pure and continually come. This is why at the table every week we say, let's examine ourselves. Is there anything here we need to bring to God? Because we're not going to fool ourselves. And we don't want to be Christians who are pretending. We want to be Christians who have a genuine love for Jesus and stand in faith for him. You know, it's, it's actually harder sometimes. It's a lot easier to pretend. It is, isn't it? You want to be that person at work? The weird one who always talks about Jesus? It's way easier to pretend. The problem is it's, it's in you. He's in you. You can't help but live for him. You can't help but do the right thing. You can't help but worship him. You can't help but know him. It's scripture comes out of you and they're like, where did you get that? And the funny thing is a lot of people are so hungry for it, they want to hear it. And then every once in a while you get somebody who's like, you're an idiot. And all of a sudden you, and you get it, what am I doing? It's, we live in this weird thing. And so this warfare that's in the world, it's, it's in us too. And I'm saying that because we have a testimony this morning and we're looking at the Word of God in 1 John, and it's real. It's real. It's not fake. Oh, it's going to be okay. Everything's great. 
it's not that. Um, I remember, I remember times, have you ever had an emotional time where something big has happened, like you've lost a loved one, and then you see people celebrating and you're just so angry that they're okay and you're not? You know what I'm talking about? But do you go over there and start kicking people? What do you do? You fake it and you move forward. And our culture's gotten really good at this. They've gotten so good at this that when you ask people how they're doing, everybody says, I'm fine or I'm busy. We talked about this a little bit last week, but have you ever taken 10 minutes to get through the I'm fine to get to how somebody's really doing or what's going on in their life? Most people are not fine. Isn't that funny? The reason I'm telling us this is we can't bring that to God. The Lord says, do you believe that I love you? Do you trust me? Oh, I'm fine. But the reality is we need to come to him with this pure faith and we need to to love him. We need to confess our sins and we need to come to Jesus and know that he really does cleanse us and he really is faithful to his word. And that whether life is great or bad, we rejoice with those who are rejoicing. We weep with those who weep. And sometimes we ourselves are weeping. And sometimes we ourselves are rejoicing. And all these things happen and it's not just fake, but it's genuine love that God has filled us with. 1 John 3, 4 says this, Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, Let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him. And he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, and nor is the one who does not love his brother. Somewhere along the line, the word of God got transferred and changed in the cultural understanding that we have. And somewhere along the line, people started to believe that if you're blessed by God, and if you're doing okay, then you belong to him. And God's love is demonstrated by blessings that we get. And I'm talking that in terms of material things and all that kind of stuff. But First John tells us that God's love abides in our hearts, that he has given us himself, and that those who do righteousness are the ones who have been given his righteousness. See, God's more concerned with the state of your heart than he is with the state of your bank account. But that, boy, you wouldn't hear that in the world. I remember uh, being in Africa one time, and I was teaching these young guys how to preach. And we were going through this preaching thing, and we were having a class together, and we were talking about David and Goliath. Because everybody knows David and Goliath. It's a great story, isn't it? And especially for young preachers, I mean, that's the, use that story, because everybody knows it, it's good, it never gets old, and you can find fresh ways of telling it, and then it's just a great, it's a great place. So we're talking about David and Goliath. And I'm talking about how the Lord had anointed David to go out and defeat this giant, yes, but the Lord was preserving his people. 
and who we are in the story. And everybody wants to be David, right? Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm a champion for God, and God's called me, and I guess five smooth stones, and I'm going to pick them out, and then I can pretend whatever that is. I can make that up of what those things mean in my life, depending on what context, and I'll just tell everybody, God's given you these stones, and you should use them, and then you can go do great things. And everybody wants to hear that message. But the message of David and Goliath really is that God has a champion that he sent forth and a king on the throne. And it ties into Jesus, who is our champion and the king on the throne. That's David and Goliath. So I'm telling that, what I just told you, to all these students who are looking at me like, what? And then I started preaching at them like a televangelist, waving my arms and yelling about how you have giants in your life and God's going to destroy those giants through his power. And whatever you have facing you, God's going to put it in the valley and he's going to give you the strength that you will defeat them all and you're going to be victorious. And every one of them was like, yes, teach us that. That's, that's better. Why? Because it's what everybody wants to hear. It's what everybody wants to hear. So we stopped and we came back and looked at the scriptures. By the end... We were worshiping God together for sending Jesus, which is what the passage really is about. Worshiping God together that his king is on the throne, that it's not a king who hears and shrinks back. It's not a king who has to pretend to give somebody else's armor. He has a king that he has sent us, who went into the valley, who died for us. What we didn't expect, but he rose again and he's victorious and he's on the throne and we can trust him. And by the end... Every giant that we face is not our power to defeat them, but rather we look to our champion and say, Lord, you're the champion. And at the name of Jesus, the demons flee. That's a different message, isn't it? And it's better. And the reason I'm telling you that, the Af I mean, and not everybody, let me just be clear. These are men who love God and were preaching wonderfully and doing a great job. So this is not, they, they didn't do anything wrong. What they were looking for was, we know that everybody likes that. And that will make us accepted. Because they're young preachers, and young preachers especially, everybody, at the end of the day, you want to hear like, oh, yeah, I did do a good job. Thank you. That's way better. <laughs> you know? and so, and, but you know, the Lord sends us faithful wives who tell us the truth. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But this is the temptation in the poll. And so here I am. Why am I telling you this? We have a great testimony. How, what do we do with that testimony? Here's what you do with it. Be encouraged that the Lord is on the throne. He has sent a champion who is interceding for us, who is over us. What was the testimony about? Was it about all the horrible things? And you, oh, man, Chrysanthi, she's tough. The testimony was the Lord is leading me in a way I didn't expect but he's leading me. The Lord is making a deeper, more genuine, more excellent faith over many years as a Christian that I thought, I'm good. That's how she started. I answered, yes. And then the Lord said, okay. And he's tempering that like you make steel stronger for the sake of, ready, us and her and the family, but the family, little children that we would see this and say, wow, praise God, he's, he's doing this in our sister's life, he's doing this in our lives too. Because the Lord very easily can say, let's roll back that onion, see what's there. 
and he's faithful to do it. And when he does do it, and things are not what we expected, he's faithful, he's just, he cleanses us of all unrighteousness. We say, Lord, I assumed and thought it was this, but you've shown me it's this, and you are so much better. Because here I was, I was kind of going toward you, but I, I didn't realize that you're here. And Lord, I, I want to be closer to you. Isn't it better to know him? Isn't it better to have a genuine faith? Isn't it better to not pretend, but to be real like John is telling us to be real and to submit ourselves before him and say, Lord, I give you the glory that even though I'm not fully healed yet, I'm trusting you, but not just for the healing. I'm trusting you that I'll be closer to you because the testimony is walking with Christ. And that, sister, is a blessing to us. Is a blessing to us. And not to just pretend I'm fine. Because everybody in church wants church to be like Facebook. I'm fine. Slaying giants. Good. It's not true. When we, real, when we really pull back that fake digital persona. Yeah, Judy. Yes. She, if she feels like giving up, she turns to the Lord and digs down deep into His Word Amen. to build herself up. She keeps her hope alive by strengthening herself in the Word. Mm -hmm. Even though she recognizes that she's weak, she's looking to God for strength. Amen. And that was such a good example of what to do in a trial. The enemy is stirring her up. Mm -hmm. She prays against him. I mean, Amen. that was just beautiful. Amen. Thank Amen. you. Amen. I know that was painful, but that was beautiful. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Yes. Listen, the sermon today is the testimony. Right. Amen. I'm just rounding it out because what do you do with it? Because you go home and go, phew, praise God, I don't have whatever she's got. You want to go to Culver's? Like this, right? <laughs> I'm being honest. Listen, I grew up in church. I know. I'm serious. But instead, we can say, Lord, I want to pray for my sister. But more than that, I am encouraged because you, you, oh God, are doing a work in her to encourage us to come closer to yourself. Because she didn't say, you're going to slay your giant. She didn't say, she didn't say you're going to get your healing. Man, wouldn't it be great if God just... Made us all 25. Just, I mean, it'd be awesome, wouldn't it? With no ailments, whatever, we're just going. And here's the temptation, right? I could do so much for God if I could still have knees that don't creak or a back that doesn't hurt or, man, I'd, I'd be a better dad. I'm, this is me, right? I'd be a better dad if I could wrestle more with the kids. My back didn't hurt sometimes. I'd be a better dad if I can whatever, right? Oh, man. Oh, is God really closing the door on these opportunities? How can that be? Am I getting older? What's happening? And all these things start to flood us. And what's the, the, what's the word? Come to him. Instead of come to, Lord, give me this thing and I'll know you love me. Lord, because you have given us your son, I know you love me. It's so much better and richer and deeper. And, and then we come to him and doesn't make all the problems go away. But man, suddenly 
we're walking through them with power, not because we're defeating the giants, but because he is defeating the giants. And ready for this? We're not staying in our doubt because he's filled us with his Holy Spirit. That as we take steps forward, he's there. And he meets us. What was the testimony? He carried me. The most beautiful answer to prayer, I can't remember how you worded it. The most tender answer to prayer or something like that you said, tangibly in your life. Well, beautiful. Beautiful. But that most tender answer to prayer, as much as we love Michaela, was not Michaela's full ride, which we're all praying for at Lindenwood. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny, Michaela. You go wherever God calls you. Straight up, honestly, you go wherever God calls you. He will resource it. Praise the Lord. If you stay, that's be great. Okay. But that's, and this, but this is, and this is the culture. God gave you the full right. He loves you. He loves you. And the Christians around the world are, Lord, I have no rice, but I know you loved me. I know that you still love me. Lord, I don't know if it's safe for me to go to church, but I'm going to go secretly to be amongst God's people because I want to strengthen them. Lord, I know that I might not be the smartest person, and I don't understand why you made that guy a genius to invest all the right stocks, but Lord, you fill my mind with your word. Lord, you provide for me, and I can say thank you for what you've given me. You know, Paul, who is like one of the smartest people that's ever lived, it's so funny because he said that the one law that killed him, he knew the law from his youth, grew up with it, studied, he knew God's law, he was murdering Christians. And the one law that killed him, that he knew he was a sinner before God. Do you remember what it was? It wasn't murder. It's coveting. He said, coveting came up, and I read it there, and it was like a knife in my heart, where I knew I was against God, even though I thought I was his. The coveting. Isn't it funny how God's law is so perfect, and it demonstrates our own hearts before him? And he cleanses us, ready, of all unrighteousness. He's faithful and just. He's true. And we don't stay in that stuff. But now we walk in righteousness because he's righteous and he's filled us with himself. And our lives take on a different reflection now, not of selfishness in the world anymore, but of Christ and his righteousness. Little children, I write this to you that you may not sin. It doesn't mean just do the right thing. Do the right thing. Praise the Lord. But it doesn't mean just do the right, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to slay those giants. It means cling to Jesus. This is the guy who reclined against him. Be close to him. His righteousness comes through us. If you sin, confess your sin. He will cleanse you of unrighteousness. He's faithful and just. Do you know him? Do you believe that he loves you? And do you trust him? Those are great questions. And I did not give them to Kersanthi. And yet God is so, he's so good to us. And he fills us with his word. So here's the question. What do you do with this? Be encouraged, number one. Encouragement means come to Jesus. So go closer to him than you were before. Not just, oh, there's other people struggling. Sometimes you feel good about that. I don't mean feel good. I mean come close to Jesus and be encouraged. Number two, if you are holding to God for something, set that aside for a minute, whatever it is. And just come straight to him. The Bible tells us that if we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be added to us. Sometimes, and there are godly things, like my child's health. Lord, my child, I raise him before you. Sometimes we get so 
deep into, I need this from you, God, that we can even start seeking that instead of seeking him. And I'm being real. So let's put all the things aside and say, Lord, you know all my needs. I want to be close to you. Third thing, if you know that there's sin in your life, ask him for forgiveness. And I'm saying this especially, we're here, we just had communion, but it's different online watching it. So friends who are online, if you know, and you didn't have the pressure of everybody here, if the Holy Spirit's speaking to you now, that's the funny part is, you know, God's pretty clear. He's not, he doesn't use weird stuff. A lot of times it's, it's what you're thinking right now, or you know, it's this. Let's be real. It's that. So if the Lord's speaking to you right now saying, set this down, ask for, ask for cleansing, get rid of it, turn away from it, repent. He's faithful and just. Last thing is, hold fast to the body. If you are going through a time that's tough and it's not good and it's difficult, stop pretending that everything's okay or feeling like you need to pretend. Now, don't, you know, take a shower, come. You know, we're coming to the people of God. So I'm, not, I'm saying don't, like, throw yourself into wallowing, right? Because there's a temptation for that too. But I'm saying come and be real with people. And let's trust that the Lord has given us each other, that if somebody says, how are you, you can say, you know, I'm not the best. How about we get coffee? I'd love for you to pray with me. I, you know, I, I think I'm fine generally, but... Really, at the end of the night, especially, isn't it funny? You're right on the head, middle of the night, because you're vulnerable. You're tired. And all these thoughts come and stuff comes. It's just plaguing you. Don't walk that alone. The Lord's given us each other. Amen? Amen. That's good. Ready for this? If we do that, we will have fulfilled all the things the world wants in Facebook. That's what everybody wants. See pictures of kids and fun, and friendship, and all this kind of stuff, and it's so cool, and it's re- we have these relationships together, and we can, you know, people comment the craziest stuff. Have you ever seen somebody comment, like, their whole life story, and you're like, whoa, too much? Because they're, they're desperate for this community that God has, and anywhere they can find a substitute, they're going to try. But what if the real people of God really look like we stand together and the real things, we rejoice when we rejoice, we weep when we meet, we weep, we stand together and we come to Jesus. And we are ready for that for whoever we disciple. Better, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you. Thank you for Chrysanthi. Thank you for a great testimony. Thank you, Lord, for your peace upon us. Thank you, Lord, for your life in us. Lord, thank you that we worship you in spirit and in truth because you've given us your spirit. Lord, you've put your truth in us. Help us, Father, that we don't have any pretense with you. Lord, help us that if we're avoiding things and maybe even avoiding prayers or avoiding time with you, Lord, snap us back to what's true. Lord, reveal to us the onion of our own heart to peel back the layers and let us find there you, a pure devotion to you that we, our love for you would shine because you first loved us. Lord, if there is any sin in our lives, thank you that your word is clear that you cleanse us. Lord, we submit it before you. We submit ourselves before you. Cleanse us, God. Father, we look to you because our lives are in your hands. Lord, thank you for your healing. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for meeting our needs. Thank you for money, and we need all those things, and you know it. 
But Lord, help us to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, knowing that you will add all those things instead of getting it reversed in our lives so that we would have a purity as we seek you. We love you, Jesus. Use us for your glory that we would demonstrate your life to everyone around us. Lord, help us be faithful to make disciples for you so that we can see the whole nations, the whole world, bow the knee to you even now. Father, we pray for all our brothers and sisters around the world who are in hurt. Lord, heal them, we pray. Father, we thank you that you are a great God. Lord, it's in Jesus' name that we pray. May the grace of the Father and the love that he has for you overwhelm your heart. May the call of the Son, who is ever interceding for you, be real in your life. And may the power of the Holy Spirit be tangible in you as you fulfill all he has called you to do. God bless you. Have a great week. And we'll see you next week. Men, we have a men's meeting coming up this Wednesday, 7 o'clock, for encouragement and being together here. Uh, Join us. It's going to be a great time. God bless you all. Have a great day.